one. Welcome everybody to the Patriot and the Preacher. I'm Mark Anthony, your Patriot. This is Pastor Todd Coconado, the Preacher. Uh, so we are here with you, uh, certainly after the disappointing events that happened on January 6th, Todd. Um, yeah. as, as most people know, I was there, was in the middle of the crowd at the Capitol. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit later about what I saw. But by the way, I didn't see any patriots, any Trump supporters getting ready to do what we're being accused of doing. I didn't see right. any terrorists. Right. And uh, you may notice that on the headlines, we're being called white terrorists. We're being called yeah. right wing extremists. And mm. uh, I want to say something before we go any further, which is that I am not going to be shamed for loving this country and uh, being a supporter of the president, nor will I buy into the to the accusation that the president had any hand in what happened at the Capitol, uh, right. that he directed anybody to do anything like that, that anybody that supports the president, I find it hard to believe were emboldened by any of his words to do anything like that. No, no. To me, Mark, and, uh, you know, I have an obligation as a minister, you know, to not lie. <laughs> um, so I try my best to be, you know, uh, you know, in every way that I am to exude Christ. And, you know, as Christians, that's what our desire is. But I will tell you what, what happened here. We are telling you the truth. This is a, this is a planned event. And uh, this was something that was uh, obviously it's military planning. Uh, it was strategically uh, designed to cause and, and have a cause and effect. And we're going to get into that. Mm -hmm. And there's been multiple effects as a result of this event at the Capitol. But if you look at the movement, I'll just say this. There's been how many Trump rallies? I mean, hundreds of hundreds. gatherings. And know, marches in D.C. Marches. Right. We, we have not seen the, the movement of the Trump people. If you can think of this anywhere, the only thing that I could possibly think that they would uh, you know, point to is Charlottesville. And right. we know that that was also uh, a, a deep state false flag event. And, 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 and this one is the same. So we're going to, we're going to kind of get into this, but we wanted to just start the show because we know a lot of people's hearts are heavy. And mm -hmm. so we're going to discuss this uh, as people are being deplatformed from social media left and right, Mark. Right. Left and right. It's really the equivalent of putting, you know, a, uh, a muzzle around somebody back uh, earlier before social media and phones. So just imagine it's the very same thing as if we were going through a revolutionary war during under tyranny because they're silencing those that disagree with the narrative right now. And right. the, the president has now been removed from Facebook and Twitter and Instagram because he supposedly incited violence. What I want, you know, we were going to wait until the next segment, but this is more than ironic or hypocritical that the very same party and movement that had nothing to say, Todd, during the right. last nine months, in fact, not just nothing to say, they didn't stop it. They encouraged it. They validated right. it. That's right. That's right. So, Billions of dollars in property damage, right. people's businesses and lives destroyed. How many people have been killed? Law enforcement, you know, uh, innocent civilians in the way. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. No, the crickets from the left. Cricket. In fact, they said that they deserve to be able to do that. We have the tape and the footage. That's right. We have the tape and the footage that not only leaders 
we're encouraging them. We're, we're, we're giving them words of inspiration because obviously yeah. they had been so oppressed, Todd, that they deserve to destroy the neighborhoods and businesses around them. That's terrorism. You, I just want to take the audience back to those pictures that will never be taken from our memories of what we saw over the last nine months. The cities that were burned to the ground, it, they looked like they were out of a war zone. Yeah, remember, Todd? Paris Does everybody Boston? remember that? You because know. that actually is real terrorism. That's right. That is terrorism when people couldn't walk down the streets because they were afraid because they had taken over cities. That's terrorism. And unfortunately, Todd, I'll just leave you. I know you want to say something. <laughs> unfortunately, in an, in an age right now where facts don't matter, conjecture is everything. And when you say something over and over again, it eventually becomes accepted. That's where we are. Well, yeah, the cancel culture, you know, people are thinking that this won't come to your doorstep. I know because, uh, you know, Mark and I are pretty active. You know, we're out here. We're on the radio. We're talking about these things. So, you know, we see it in our face and it's been here. You talk to somebody like Dennis Prager. We had him on our show. He said, this has been going on for a while. So I don't know why it would surprise you, but it's just gotten worse. And now it's come to our door. But if it hasn't come to your door yet, I'm going to tell you something right now. It will. It will, because they're going to keep pushing, Mark, and it's not going to stop. It, you know, they're going to go into what you search online. I know that sounds crazy, but they're going to look at your data. They're going to look at, you know, different buying habits. They're going to look at everything because the, the tyrannies of the past, when you think of Napoleon or Hitler or other people, you know, Stalin, they didn't have the technology that the technocrats and the globalists have today. Absolutely. So God forbid one of them would have ever been in power, Mao in China. If they would have ever been in power in today's age, could you imagine the tools? So we've been allowing these tools to develop. And now there's a tyrannical government regime that is about to take over unless God does a miracle. You know, the United States of America, which was that beacon of light, the only one in the world stopping this tyranny and oppression and here we are about to be infiltrated from within that's right we, we've we allowed you know going back to what their narrative is they said that there was an assault ironically <laughs> on democracy on january 6th <laughs> and the pure irony of what that statement and how easily they are able to gaslight todd because what really happened and we know it and i'm i'm really not going to entertain the things that have been said on Facebook about, well, all, everything was thrown out of court. There are corrupt judges everywhere, obviously, even in the Supreme Court. And when given the opportunity, Todd, we're going to talk about this in the next segment. You know, this country started, as we've always spoken on this show, with 56 few of those few good men in right. the nation at the time, in the colonies, right. that yeah. took that made the ultimate sacrifice. And what we're going to get into after this break is remember they pledged their lives, their fortunes. Here was the most important part, right? Their sacred honor and yeah. their duty and their oath of office. So when we come back beyond talking about that, we have somebody that really, despite everything going on, he gave a really inspiring interview, right, Todd? He did. He inspired me for sure. Absolutely. And, uh, and so um, I highly suggest you stay with us. Daniel Gre Greenfield is going to join us 
to really, and he is uh, no surprise. You're going to get some of that from him. He works closely with David Horowitz and really is a badge of honor. The Southern Poverty Law Center has named him a hate group. So that oh, means, no. so, and you know, actually, Todd, if you and I keep going, we may be there too. Who knows? Uh, in the meantime, stay with us. We're going to be right back. All right. That was rated right eight minutes. Perfect. And we're back with the Patriot and the Preacher. So, Todd, we're not fear-mongering here at all by any means. But um, because this label has been put upon a group of people that are actual patriots, you and I have interacted with hundreds of thousands of them and then millions on social media and the show. So, as we stated earlier, uh, we have never seen any of them promote violence say they're going to, you know, brandish a gun in the Capitol, storm the Capitol, do any of those things. And so one of the things that uh, our next guest is going to address, and and by the way, I I want to point out before I go any further, that two of our normal guests have decided to, and I'm not going to name them, they're my friends, but I understand why, um, have decided they're going to cease doing any media. Wow. Um, and stop. Is that being like hospital. permanent or is that just for temporary purposes or permanent purposes? Permanently. And permanently. Reason, permanently. Both of them? Both of them? Both of them. Yeah, both of them have said that. And I understand because one of them in particular has already been through a battle uh, right. directly with them. And so I get that. But you, here's why I bring that up is that I do believe there are going to, they are going to, if, it's not that they are already haven't begun. They're going to be much more aggressive in silencing us. And uh, the tide has turned. And I want to bring up a story uh, that's on social media. It's actually from a personal friend of mine. And I'm going to post it on our Facebook. And, and Todd, we'll put it out there on everywhere. And it's actually a former Marine that was staying at a hotel only blocks from the White House. Because... Yeah. Oh, is that? The, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so Rob Hyde, about where they wouldn't let him, they wouldn't right. let him outside. Right? They yeah. wouldn't let him outside. They put a taser to his chest. So let me explain what happened um, for those that haven't seen the video. And by the way, this 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 guy is a great friend of mine, a true patriot. Right. Um, so who kind of like you know put the story together, Mark? So this guy yeah. coming down to DC yeah. doesn't live there. That's he's right. He lives up. That's right. He lives up in Connecticut. He, yeah. He's coming down just like millions of other people came millions, down for that day. Yeah. Uh, right. And he was staying at a hotel called the Willard, not far from the White House. A right. lot of people stay I there. Staying there. Yeah. And it's a safe it's a safe place to stay, much like other hotels with the name of the president on it. That's another safe place to stay. So Rob was taking his dog out just to go to the bathroom. And he is only walking literally blocks from the Willard, um, short blocks to he, he's got a, an amazing German shepherd named Thunder. So he's and then he starts to tape what he sees, which is across the street street. There are people that are uh, having a drink and having a smoke out in front of the hotel because the police, by the way, I want to I want to make sure that the audience understands that D.C. turned into not just a police state on January 6th. It was much like what you, uh, what people that we have heard describe in the Soviet Union or yeah, in Nazi that's Germany. That's reminding people of, yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely, and it should. So, so Rob, 
walked by some state police who were over there in the beginning of the recording, but then came upon the DC police mm -hmm. who obviously are under different directives by that right. mayor, Mario right. Bowser. And right. so Rob was told to get back inside. Uh, they were very disrespectful from the very beginning. No reason to be whatsoever. He was not a threat, nor was anybody in that video a threat to those police. They were about to tear gas those people. If you watch the video, please go to Facebook and Twitter. We'll put it out there. I know Todd will as well. You yeah. need to watch this video. And the reason I'm calling attention to it, everybody, is that that is just the tip. Right of what is about to happen. And the reason being, the reason being is that this new government that's about to be regime, yes, Todd, that's about to be installed, and I'm using my words very carefully, is going to finish the job that they were doing without being in the White House, right. that they've been right. doing on us. And so Rob was almost arrested they threatened arrest five or six times. What was this crime? Trying to get out? <laughs> yeah, trying to get out of a hotel, which is private property, ladies and gentlemen. And How do they I, have so many police that in every hotel, because I've heard this from like several different hotels. They, they covered every hotel. Yeah, they did. Because another friend of mine was at a residence in not far from the White House, and that was being sealed off by the police, not by the residence in. Not right. by the management that owns that building or is at least leasing the building for 99 years, but not by the business, but by the tyrannical government in D.C. And the tone taken against the supporters and patriots that were there to support the president and call and demand on the lawmakers who are our representatives to right what was wrong. Yeah, no, this this is very, very scary stuff because, yeah. you know, going back to kind of what happened at the Capitol, they're they're calling this an insurrection. Right. And, and it's important to understand what the word insurrection means. That means that you're literally trying to overthrow the government. It means mm -hmm. that you're 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 a tyrant and that you're the one that's the combatant that is right. coming in to overthrow a legitimate government. So that's a very, very scary term legally. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so they're using that specifically, I think, for a reason, Mark. It's to target somebody, an enemy combatant or a terrorist. Right. And if they label you that, you lose your rights. That's it. I mean, you could literally go into military tribunals at that point. You, you mm -hmm. lose your, 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 your legal. So this is very scary, the term that they would choose to use. And so we have to think about this because this whole thing has really shifted everything. This is a game changer. This is like 9-11. I mean, we have to understand no matter how it happened, this is a game changer. And, and this is going to be something that now we're going to have to deal with. It's, it's like what happened with uh, George Floyd. You know what I'm right. saying? Created right. a, a whole bunch of other things that, that came out of that situation. And that's, that's what we're going to see with this. Uh, very, very crazy stuff, you know? Absolutely. I think that's a really good point that you just touched on, which is this, is that I think what's important right now is to accept what is the new reality. And this huge shift that you just described, a tectonic shift for all of us to accept. And by the way, this is not, I don't believe, the time to blame the president or anybody no. else along the way. Because really, I think, actually, I have to say this. I was going to say it at the end of the show. Blaming the president or any supporter of the president is like blame, 
okay, how do I put this? Look, we've been in an abusive relationship with the liberals for a long, long time. And the media. And, and the media yeah. being painted as radicals and people and were hateful and all of the things that were actually not. Once again, when they accuse us of something, they actually are. So this has been an abusive relationship for a long time. And to turn around and point at us as if we've been the problem when, in fact, this began long ago, long before Trump ever became president, Todd. Right. Right. But all of a sudden, everything that ever happened, even before he walked into office, is all his fault. Well, and it's all our fault, too. That's yeah. important because, see, they're, they're neat. we need to understand the progression of this. It's That's just right. like, you know, other other things is that it's going to start off with the president, but it's going to move to anybody that follows, you know, the president that agrees with, the, you know, mm-hmm. his MAGA, you know, Make America Great Again, right. you know, philosophy. Uh, anybody that's been in a, an outspoken uh, supporter with followers, mm-hmm. this is where the cancel culture is going now. So we have to understand that, you know, social media, Twitter. Facebook, I mean, be prepared right. to see a massive purge of before it was the QAnon people. Now it's going to be the MAGA people. That's absolutely and, true. And just as an example, you just saw an article that what? They're compiling a list of the people, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. that were at that Capitol protest. And right. understanding just to you know point everybody's attention to that Tucker Carlson, other outlets have talked about, we've talked about that... Uh, that Google and Facebook have been working with the Chinese government on technologies to help them watch their citizens. It's being done on us right now. Yeah. And the fact that an enemy list has already been compiled, being compiled compiled. as they're about to take power of the entire government. This reminds me of the Brown shirts. I mean, you got to look at like, you know, what, what happened in the Marxist revolutions of the past because history tends to repeat itself. In fact, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. You know, if you think about these lists, and like I said, with the technical age that we're in now, where they can easily do this digitally, this makes it ten times worse. This is a this is I hate to say it, man. Alex Jones was right on a lot of things, you know. Right. I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy, but if you ever listen to him, he's he's kind of been saying this for a while. I'm not saying yeah. he's right about everything, but you know, the, the technocracy, as you would would call it, you know, is, is literally trying to put us in, as he referred to, a prison planet. You know, I wondered why. Is China collecting data on American citizens? What would be their intention of doing that? I mean, there's, you know, what, 350 million of us or something like that, you know, maybe a little bit more. Why would they want to know about American citizens? They already have a billion people over there in China to deal with. Right. So what's the purpose? And then I find out, you can Google this, is they're, they're putting a base like it, down by like, um, you know, uh, Dominican Republic, like down in that part of the world. I forget exactly where it is, but somewhere in the, in the area down there by the islands. They're putting a base down there, and mm-hmm. China is right now, and it's mm-hmm. not on the news. Right. And um, they're making maneuvers all around the globe. And so, uh, you know, there's been recently some Chinese troops in Canada, we read. Right. Um, it turned out to be a true story. Uh, people have reported to me that small amounts of troops have been in Juarez. Um, in fact, I even saw that the Chinese government, I can't confirm this, but they offered to help, uh, you know, put down the insurrection in, in the United States. You know, they offered some help to the Democrats, you know. So this is beyond our wildest imagination of what we could be seeing, Mark. But now we're starting to see the pieces of the globalist agenda all kind of coming into fruition. And this is this should wake up everybody. I hope so. I hope that everybody has the, you know, that it's a similar feeling 
people have said on social media that you had when 9-11 happened, right? Like yes. you said, Todd, and other events. And we never, you know, we as a, as, the, um, as a generation have never had to live through a World War II or the Depression. Um, but I think we're getting, we're going to get elements of all of those on top of the fact that the nation, as we go to our break and our guest is about to join us, that as a nation, that shiny city, like you said, Todd, Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, was just extinguished on January 6th. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that um, after we talk to our guest. I don't mean to be grim, but reality sometimes is hard, is hard to swallow. And we'll speak of a little bit of hope at the end here, too. Okay, so we'll we will. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Don't, <laughs> so don't turn us off. We're going to be back. Daniel Greenfield is going to join us. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Patriot and the Preacher. We're excited to have this guest join us. It's the first time on the show, but we all have had, everybody remembers David Horowitz on, but Daniel Greenfield is, uh, is, with, the, is with David Horowitz and has been all over the media. As a matter of fact, Rush Limbaugh said, and I don't think you can get anybody uh, get any better than this, Todd, uh, that his reading and interpretation of a piece he said was profound enlightenment daniel welcome to the show thanks for coming on my pleasure thank you so much for having me on we're excited to have you on this is obviously um a very interesting time considering what we just watched happen on wednesday daniel and so i wanted to get your take on a, a number of things first and foremost that uh Conservatives in general, they were waiting for this opportunity, have now been labeled domestic terrorists. <laughs> so what is, uh, what is your take on that? What's your response to that, how this narrative has been molded, obviously, waiting? I mean, we've even seen, Daniel, that there were headlines going out in the morning about the Capitol being stormed. So what, what is your take on what transpired over the last 24 hours? in Washington, D.C. and across the country? It's very much a Charlottesville rerun. Now, Black Lives Matter was able to spend years and certainly much of the last year inflicting a horrifying damage toll. Uh, even insurance claims alone are in the two billion range. Hundreds and hundreds of police officers were injured and we don't know the full toll because nobody in the media has actually uh, been interested in tracking any of it. Um, the amount of people who were put out of business, the amount of people who were injured, wounded, killed, including an eight-year-old girl in Atlanta, um, none of which, of course, was considered important. Now, uh, Senator Kamala Harris, the Biden campaign, uh, they put money into a bail fund to free these same looters and riders. Uh, they repeatedly endorsed them and defended them. Uh, Cori Bush, a new incoming freshman, is actually a Black Lives Matter activist. Uh, she responded to what was going on in uh, Capitol Hill by saying that uh, House Republicans who supported the protest have to be expelled. Um, meanwhile, this is a woman who quoted Ashatri Shakur, a.k.a. Joan Chestnut, who is a wanted domestic terrorist, one of the FBI's top 10 who is currently hiding out in Cuba. So the double standard here is very, very blatant. Uh, when you look at the sheer amount of death toll, the sheer amount of damage, all but supported by Democrats, supported by Democrat institutions like the Ford Foundation, which was the financial partner of Black Lives Matter. And when you look at the very, very different way that uh, Mayor Muriel Bowser in D.C., Attorney General Carl Racing in D.C., treated the Black Lives Matter protest, uh, they took every step to promote it um, and to get the National Guard out. 
And even before the Capitol Hill rally happened, uh, they immediately began shouting that we need the National Guard, we need to prepare for this kind of crackdown. Right. Now, at the same time, you do have these kinds of fringe elements, uh, neo-Nazis, uh, some groups like the Boogaloo Boys, who kind of work with Antifa and Black Lives Matter, but also claim to be libertarians, uh, who very much seize the opportunity to take a peaceful, legitimate protest over a stolen election, and they gave the media the, this kind of photo op that they needed in order mm -hmm. to smear Republicans and Trump supporters and conservatives. And this is the same thing that happened in Charlottesville. Again, unfortunately, conservatives did not learn in Charlottesville how to actually weed these people out, how to keep them from hijacking things, because they're the biggest possible gift to the Democrats. And the Democrat agenda is very much about suppressing the conservative movement. They're going to use this to suppress the conservative movement. We've already seen That's this right. with um, the deplatforming of President Trump. And we're going to see yeah. a much bigger crackdown that will erase conservatives from social media entirely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that, that, that you're spot on, Daniel. And, you know, I, I've seen three things that I've been able to kind of see what they were able to achieve yesterday. So let's just say that there were agent provocateurs, as you mentioned, uh, people that, you know, and, and there, there could be, like you said, a fringe element of Trump supporters. But we've seen hundreds of Trump gatherings, uh, you know, all the rallies, and there's been zero uh, violence or any type of looting or burning down, you know, public property or anything like that. Uh, this is the first time that we've really seen this on this scale. And, uh, you know, going going back to Charlottesville, which we also feel they had a similar hand in. So they've been able to achieve in the last 24 hours, uh, you know, basically making President Trump supporters look violent, deplatforming the president from Facebook, you know, suspending his social media. And they're talking now about even the 25th Amendment, which I don't think they will go through with, but basically pushing that it could be a possibility that with only a few days left of the presidency trying to take away the president's uh, power. Uh, uh, unbelievable. And so to me, it's, it seems like it's achieved quite a few goals. They also put D.C. on lockdown and, uh, by the way, disenfranchised. They changed the narrative, if you think about it. Everybody was talking about stop the steal. There was momentum and they changed the narrative. Now everybody's talking about the Capitol being stormed and slowly in the dark hours of the night, they went ahead and confirmed the electors for Biden. So a lot's been accomplished here. Wouldn't you say, Daniel? Yeah, that what you just said, that is really the biggest accomplishment. There was a momentum. There was talk about a rigged election. All that has been completely shut down. It's been completely overwhelmed by this new narrative. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're talking about, I mean, the media is using the term storming the Capitol. People did break in, uh, but we're talking about people breaking into the House, the Senate chambers to various offices and doing some fairly minor vandalism. I mean, it makes for some startling photos, but in terms of the actual damage they did, in terms of anything they actually did, it's negligible. We have a fairly small number of people who were, um, I mean, you have one woman who was shot because she was trying to get into the house chamber. Um, when you have drug dealers and convicted criminals going at police officers with knives and they get shot, there's immediately this huge rally, this movement, squares get named after them. Uh, this was a woman who was seemingly unarmed, who was shot. I mean, she was, I think, in her 40s or 50s was shot going into the House chamber by a plain clothes Capitol Police officer. This is quite dubious, frankly, and there's been yeah. no commentary on that. Bottom line is even the people who are bad actors in this did a negligible amount of actual damage compared to what we've seen with Black Lives Matter uh, riots where they've uh, vandalized huge amounts of shops, torn down monuments. We've seen absolutely nothing on the scale here. We've seen a few people acting out, and yet there's this insistence that this is this horrifying, traumatic national event, that this is worse than 911. Um, bottom line is uh, you've had none of the 
comparative damage. And we have to ask the bigger question, why is some broken glass on Capitol Hill more significant, more bigger, and something that we should be upset about, whereas the destruction of so many shops in Kenosha was just treated as a legitimate protest? Why does Capitol Hill matter more than Kenosha, matter more than the small shopkeepers across the country at their livelihoods destroyed by Black Lives Matter? Right. That's, that's, that's a great point, Daniel. That's absolutely true. And, you know, one of the things that I know that you've been following so that the audience really understands this, I think it's important. And Todd and I have talked about this so much on the show. Joe Biden has given us every indication of the kind of administration that he wants to run by those cabinet picks that he's done so far. So would you just give the, uh, because I know you're aware of it, give the listeners, our audience, an idea of the background of some of these people, the DHS appointee, the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Defense, these people that will be implementing policy. Who are they? So there is a lot of focus on Biden's cabinet appointees. I'm just going to counter that a little bit by saying that I think the bigger picture is that just like Biden, mm -hmm. uh, doesn't matter his cabinet appointees do not matter. His cabinet appointees are a public face. Biden is a public face. Biden really does not run anything. He recites things from a teleprompter. Right. Uh, he's picking a mix of appointees. Some of these people like America on for Attorney General, for example, are somewhat moderate. They're not actually going to be running anything. This is very much going to be Obama's third term. Um, the people behind the scenes are going to be running things. And an important thing to remember is, are these people are already running things. They've been running things under the Trump administration. Uh, mm -hmm. These are the people who have been the state behinds who have actually been in practice in control of the Justice Department. Uh, they've been in control, for example, of the Census Bureau, which decided that it's not going to finalize the results until Joe Biden comes in. There's been this resistance, so-called resistance, that's been undermining the Trump administration repeatedly um, through the administrative state. These are the people actually in charge of things. Uh, the Biden approach is really to, has been at least in the past, to try to win over Senate Republicans. So the public facing, the cabinet members, the ones who have to actually get through Senate confirmation until um, the Senate election in Georgia, um, Biden's people thought that they were going to actually have to get these people past a Republican Senate. Now they know they're not going to have to. So some of the picks might get more radical. But the bottom line is the people at the top really don't matter. What matters is who actually runs um, the administrative state. And this is something we also saw under the Trump administration, where there were so many important policies. And there were some good people who actually came in uh, who headed cabinet offices. But the bottom line is these people were not able to get things done because the actual people, the bureaucracy, the people who cannot be fired were the ones who are actually running the show, neutering things. In some cases, when um, policies were pushed forward, then they were uh, neutered by um, federal judges. But most of the time, they were actually neutralized within the system itself. Absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable, you know, and yeah. we, we've, you know, referred to them as the deep state. But, you know, I mean, it's pretty remarkable that what we've seen during President Trump's term here that, that, you know, it's just been impossible for him to get some of these things pushed through, like you said. Very sad story. And now uh, with the Biden, you know, if he does come in and where it's looking like he's going to, uh, you know, this is this is scary. People are concerned, uh, you know, censorship. They're concerned. Uh, people are I'm, I've never had so many emails in my life. I mean, people are really concerned, Daniel. What would you say to conservatives that are out there that just feel like their votes have just been stolen? They, they don't even want to vote anymore. Some of these people are telling me, I don't even know if I want to vote anymore because I feel like my vote doesn't count. There's a lot of disenfranchisement on the right right now. What would you say to those people? The two things. Right now, I'm in California. My vote literally doesn't count. I still went out and voted in the election. I voted in every election because that's fundamentally what you have to do. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to push back. Uh, 
My family originally were political dissidents in the Soviet Union. Their elections really did not count, and it was an act of courage to vote no. And yet still people kept on doing it, because when you do that, you are resisting, real-life resistance. Um, you're sending a message. And right. two elections, some elections don't count. California, uh, where they implemented ballot harvesting, most of the time does not count, but sometimes they do count. Because the bottom line is the fraud is comprehensive, but it's not omnipotent. It is not total. It is not as... Um, overwhelming as some people on social media would have you believe where elections are just completely irrelevant. Right. What happened and what happened in Georgia in the Senate runoff um, is that when the margins are close, it's a lot easier for them to cheat. They right. can only find so many votes. That's the bottom line. If enough people don't turn out, then uh, the election is just pretty much handed to them. On the other hand, when you have a significant turnout, for example, President Trump in 2016, the bottom line is their cheating becomes irrelevant, and the other, and especially if they're caught by surprise. Mm -hmm. So those are really the two elements. One, if they don't really see it coming, and two, if there's a major turnout by conservatives. When you don't have those two elements, it becomes a lot easier for them to steal elections. And that's something we need to remember going forward. Now, the Democrats are going to do a lot of things to further neutralize elections. H.R. 1 is something to watch out for. Illegal alien amnesty is something to watch out for. Mm -hmm. Statehood for D.C. and Puerto Rico is something to watch out for because they would actually like to create a situation where votes don't count. And we have a very limited time in which to actually stop that. Georgia was a major loss precisely because of that reason. I have a lot of issues with Senate Republicans. I don't think the Senate Republican majority would have been a major check on the Democrat agenda, but it would have been some check. And this is something we also need to remember because people are passionate, people are angry, and sometimes they make the perfect into the enemy of the good. Mm. Uh, they assume that if there's just no point, then we just should not bother. Well, there is a point. It's not all black and white a lot of the time. It is gray. And you may not get the people you want there fighting, but you've got, if you can get at least 10% pushback, 20%, 30% pushback, you're already slowing down the rate at which America is being torn apart. When the Democrats, when the left just get 100%, uh, then it's just really bad, which means in some cases, yes, you will go with rhinos in some cases. You want to fight for the more conservative people, but if you can get rhinos, you settle for rhinos. If you can get a moderate Democrat over a radical Democrat, for example, in some people who live in parts of California, New York, where you're just not going to get a Republican of any kind, even the biggest sellout, then in some cases, yes, you vote for conservative Democrats. You play the long game. You're trying to block them a little bit. If you can block them a little bit, you're making some kind of headway. And the left, for the record, thinks this way. And that's something we need to remember. No, absolutely. We do need to remember that. Daniel, you brought up a good point about moving forward. Um, and I know our listeners, our audience, a lot of people are saying, well, you know, we still have 13 days left. But looking forward right now, you made some great points about how to look at things and what to be aware of. Uh, really, a lot of people are saying that uh, – We've only got two years to stop them because if we don't resist and, like you said, have our voices be heard and be aggressive this time, almost in the matter of our founding fathers, Daniel, to really be that much of a re have a resistance going. Because now, as you pointed out, they're unobstructed. They can almost do anything they want now. So what should that, those a patriot like yourself, myself and Todd, what should we be doing in the meantime? Because... Uh, as you can imagine, after what happened on Wednesday, a lot of people are afraid, they're angry, it's a mix of emotions. So what should, what should the average patriot, the one that may be and probably is disenfranchised and upset and thinks this country may be at the point of no return, what should we be doing? So three things. 
first of all, it's understandable that people would be nervous about attending further rallies. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very important to, of course, keep attending public rallies because the media can uh, shut down a lot of things. It can obscure um, the fact that there is a political resistance. Mm -hmm. People don't show up. When people actually put their bodies out there, um, that actually becomes much harder to ignore. At the same time, it is really important, especially after what happened, to clean up movements, to prevent uh, people who are accelerationists, who are um, Antifa in the skies, who are neo-Nazis, or any of these things, um, from actually having a presence, from actually um, being part of that rally. We need to clean up those rallies. Mm -hmm. um, second of all, it goes without saying we need to work for 2022. We need to work for 2024. It's not over. I mean, we've seen things be pretty dark under Obama. When Obama first came to power, it was an incredibly dark time. Um, I was there. I really ramped up my activism back then. Um, we need to continue to actually push that activism. We need to continue pushing messages. Uh, we need to continue finding ways to rally and contact each other, especially as the social media crackdown is going to continue descending. Uh, it means we need to find ways to be rats on the walls, to organize and to build communities and networks despite all that, because we're seeing a kind of Soviet iron curtain that's going to descend over um, a lot of these services, which means we can't necessarily expect that we can go on relying on Facebook for the news or on Google or know that a lot of people are getting the news from Google News, it is highly censored, which means you need to break through the Iron Curtain, you need to build networks with other like-minded conservatives, but at the same time, keeping those networks clear of agent provocateurs, of people who are trying to bring down the conservative movement. And three, it's very important not to despair, not to give up hope, uh, to do spiritual care, um, yeah. to focus on your family, to f remember that God is ultimately in charge. Because if you forget that, if you make politics or religion, it's very easy just to lose hope, to feel everything falling apart. You know, yeah. history does not go in a straight line. It is really important to remember that. If you just woke up uh, during Woodstock, you would assume that America 20 years later would have been a very different place. You couldn't imagine that it would be Reagan's America. Right. Um, if you were just in uh, 2009, Obama just took office, you wouldn't imagine that Trump's America would be possible. Things do not go in a straight line. Everything is ultimately in God's hands. And we should absolutely fight. We should do what we can. And there's a George Washington quote that I like to uh, bring up at this time. Um, I'm going to paraphrase it a bit because I sometimes get it wrong, but it is goes something like this. Let us raise a banner to which the wise and righteous can repair all else is in the hands of God. Yeah. Um, it's our job to fight the good fight, to do it in the best way possible, and to remember that ultimately it is in God's hands. Absolutely. Amen, Daniel. Thank you for your insight. And that was very inspiring. Very inspiring. Thank you, brother. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, excellent. Daniel, thank you. How can we find you on uh, social media? How can we find you on your website or what, where, online? I'm a showman journalism fellow with the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Um, our site is frontpagemag.com. We have a lot of talented writers there. And of course, David Horowitz Supreme among them who are doing investigative reporting. We're breaking stories all the time and fighting this fight. Thank God for you guys, both yes. of you and everybody there. Daniel Greenfield, it's been an honor to have you on. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. And thank you for fighting the good fight. Thank you, you as well, sir. Thank you. This is the Patriot and the Preacher, and we'll be right back. Thank you, Daniel. And we're back with the Patriot and the Preacher. I want to thank Daniel Greenfield for joining us. You know, surprisingly, after what happened on Wednesday, that was very inspirational. He's, he's a great voice for everybody out there. Yes. He really is a voice of truth and we got to keep going. I understand um, that, uh, like you said, Todd, everybody's heart is heavy right now. Right. But I, I was thinking uh, as I left the city, um, 
of it wasn't just mostly a peaceful protest, by the way. It was peaceful. Right. Um, 99.9%. That's right. Absolutely. Um, when we talk about that sacred honor, um, we said this last week on the show, and uh, it's definitely worth saying now. Vi- the now vice president for the next week and a half, Vice President Pence, had the uh, opportunity to change the course of history the way it was going and right. to write what Todd, anybody that yeah. has seen a few of the videos, you don't have to see all of them, or the mathematical evidence, the statistical analysis that proves right. beyond the, in each state, they had their special brand of voter fraud uh, because they, they're creative. Let's give them that. Um, so we all know that happened. Right. We all know. But what we expected, because the founders gave it to us in their infinite wisdom. By the way, I don't believe, Todd, they ever imagined that the state legislators and the Supreme Court would allow it to get to this point. Yeah. Nor did they imagine that the constitutionalists, so-called constitutionalists in the Senate right. and in the House would cave and roll over. Right. No, I mean... And- it- I don't think we imagine any of this, Mark. I mean, no. You know, there's been a lot of hopeful movements out there, um, you know, that have given us all these, uh, you know, things that we were looking forward to seeing, like the deep state being taken down. And you mm-hmm. know, the MAGA movement in itself is such a, an amazing movement. I mean, what President Trump's been able to accomplish in waking up so many people. I mean, just think about the last four years and what he's been able to accomplish. And, um, you know, some people are asking me, you know, Pastor Todd, is there any hope? You know, this is what I would say. Look, you, you never, you know, should stop praying until the very end. So pray it through. You know, I'm right. not praying it through. We're sure. praying there's a miracle. I mean, the, there was people that got to the Red Sea and didn't expect it to part. And then all of a sudden God intervened and it did part. So can God do a miracle right now? Of course he can. Um, the question is, you know, is it is that his will? I don't know. I, I wish I could tell you. I don't have the answer to that. So what I'm going to commit to do is, like I said from the beginning, is pray it through until the very end. And then once, you know, the person who's going to be president for the next four years is inaugurated, no matter who it is, Mm -hmm. we're going to recalibrate and, you know, really ask God for new strategy. We're never going to give up. It doesn't mean we stop being a patriot. It definitely doesn't mean we stop being a Christian. You know, we just need to understand what the situation is at hand. And, and, you know, we need to be realistic. We don't want to fall into Mm -hmm. the the fringe elements. It's very important that we listen to this. We don't want to fall into like believing things that are totally nonsense, you know, because that's where it takes away our credibility. So we want to make sure that we're praying and using discernment and using wisdom and asking the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. We want to make sure we're inquiring of God. The Bible says in the mouth of two more witnesses, my word shall be established. So, you know, these are the different sets of checks and balances that God has given us to be able to navigate through the minefield. He's raised us up for a time as this. So, you know, don't be discouraged. That's the biggest thing. You know, tomorrow the church is not going to go away. <laughs> you know, whether right. you know, Biden is president, the church isn't going to just disappear. And, you know, patriots aren't going to just be right away, hopefully, not locked up. But we're going to see a progression depending on which government is in place. And we need to be aware and sober-minded and be watchmen on the wall, if that makes sense. Absolutely. That does make sense. I uh, I just want to finish up one thing, though, yeah. because I, I really don't want to bring up what um, – I don't want to bring up this event again when it comes to Vice President Pence, but I can tell you with all certainty, 
to our audience that's watching and listening that the vice president absolutely had the absolute yeah. authority to change what happened on January. Well, why don't, why don't 6th. we lay it out, Mark? He could what he could have done legally is he could have thrown it back to the state legislators. That's right. He, he could have done that constitutionally. There's a historical precedent. It, it, he had the option to do it. He chose not to, and we need to be honest about that. That's right. That's right. He had the option. Of, he also, as we said before on the show, could have rejected the electors from those six states. He yeah. could have done quite a bit. The um, and so, I, I, I think that really what it comes down to this is I just want to say this is that when I compare them to the founders, I do it for a reason because then the honor and their oath and their character meant everything. Right. And what we were praying for and hoping for was that there were yet again, this time, yet a few good men and women yeah. that would do okay. the right thing. And in this instance, Todd, when we talk about Vice President Pence, he had, it's, you know, we all know this in life, you come to um, many, many milestones and crossroads when you make either the right, uh, because let's face it, I know you've been told this, there are right and wrong decisions there. That's the way it works. Right. Um, if you're following God's plan and his yeah. lead. So yes. when you make a bad decision, you know it. Yeah. And so we believed wholeheartedly that the men and women in Congress would stand up to the obvious, ins a real insurrection, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, that did in fact take place. And unfortunately, that's what pains me the most about what we witnessed um, in Congress and by the vice president, because a sense of duty and honor and your oath of office to protect that constitution from all enemies, Todd, foreign and domestic. Right. And, um, and so when we say things like the following people that are obvious contributors and co-conspirators into what happened, uh, the founders would have dealt with them in a very different way because right. the treason and insurrection happened on election night right. and long before that. Right. And so when I've been asked, and now I'm being attacked much like you, about my allegiance to this country and the Constitution, when they flip it now and are gaslighting, once again, that we're in fact the threat to this nation yeah. and to democracy. By the way, it's not a, it's a republic. We're not right. the ones, by the way, that now intend on getting rid of the electoral college that now intend on doing things that will change the principles of this nation forever, the way in which we operate. And the right. fact of the matter is, is that we shouldn't be surprised that we're at this point when overwhelming evidence is out there in the public domain and that yeah. the entire nation isn't up in arms. Yeah. And so no. as we stand here right now, the country, if you haven't sensed it now, has changed. And what will happen on the 20th, we can't tell you. I wish we could. But what we do know is that our voices still must be strong. We still yeah. must be out there and still be fighting and telling the truth, even right. if the truth now has become the enemy. That's and it right. really has. Yeah. That, 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 you know that, uh, which is why we love the president so much, right? Yeah. Uh, because he was telling the truth. Thomas Paine said, right, that he who dares not offend cannot be honest. And so at mm -hmm. times I understand that the president has been accused of being too, too much of, 
you know, he's so harsh and says things. Yeah. Now, not everything that he has done, I've completely agreed with, but he right. brought honesty back to Washington and accountability. Oh my gosh, the people love him. Yeah, the people that's right. love him. And, you yeah. know, I mean, I've never seen anything like this, a political movement. I was around the Reagan era. I mean, people right. love Reagan. But I've never seen anything like this. And no. I think it's because people saw hope and they saw you know, a possibility to have some of these wrongs be made right. And, right. you know, uh, these, a lot of the, the corruption has been exposed and people are mm -hmm. kind of understanding how deep it's gone and, you know, how we've been sold out to foreign countries and just crazy stuff. But now it all comes to this precipice, like we've been talking about, you know, in less than 10 days, you know, there's going to be a president and we don't know who it's going to be. But right now, you know, in the natural, it looks like it's going to be Joe Biden. So short of a miracle, um, that's what's going to happen. And, and that, that there's very, there's a lot of consequences to that. There's a lot of things that are going to happen as a result of that, because it doesn't right. just mean a new president. It really means a new America. And that's what mm -hmm. I think people, that's why people's hearts are so heavy. That, that's, that's well stated, Todd. Absolutely. That's why, because their vision of America is far different than the one outlined in the constitution and in the declaration, right. their vision of America is so is such the antithesis of what we hold to be true and what we value in our heart and soul. What we, for instance, when someone says that the, you know, the constitution and this government wasn't inspired by biblical principles, they're absolutely wrong. Uh, even including the three branches of government, I'll leave you with that Isaiah 33, 22, which is, says that um, God says that I'm the king, the lawgiver, and the judge. That's why we have three branches of government. Yeah. It, the, the, uh, the, uh, I would say the, uh, the fingerprints are all throughout all of our govern governing documents. But there again, that's why when we divert from the truth for so long, it's so right. easy to have an entire nation that right. professes to be God-fearing, that professes to want to fight for the truth, yeah. actually do it, Todd. And, you know, yeah. I think really what the saddest thing is, is that we couldn't find, despite overwhelming proof, not conjecture, these are right. facts, and yeah. facts really don't matter at this point, but as a nation... We need to come together as Christians, conservatives, and patriots right. Right. Um, and be very careful about what we do and say so that it's not misconstrued. But in the meantime, we still have our freedom of speech. We need to exercise it, but be aware and be careful. Yeah. Um, we're excited because we'll be back next week, God willing. And we have Congressman Ken Bacon joining us, yes. uh, who's from ne Nebraska. This man is a former Brigadier General, uh, we're going to get his perspective on what happened on January 6th. It should be very interesting. We want to thank, you know, um, we've got many different people. Todd and, Todd and I sometimes get involved with guests. My mother does the majority of them, right, Todd? Yeah. Um, and she is always right there. So thank you, Mom, um, for everything that you've done Absolutely. and she thank continues you. to do. We also want to thank uh, Melina for helping us with our last couple of guests, Congressman Bacon being one of them. We yeah. appreciate it. Um, in fact, she has more coming and we're just going to keep it a secret until it's the week before. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we want to thank all of our listeners, yeah. um, our viewers across all platforms. Todd and I are going to do more than just make sure we keep going. We're going to find other ways to get to you. That's right. Um, 
That's right. There's some really cool new ways that we're right. going to get around some of the censorship and moving mm -hmm. forward and, and bringing the show to even another level. And so don't be discouraged. You know, God always makes a way. I was just telling my family about this. You know, many times in my life, it's looked grim. It's looked, mm -hmm. you know, like there was no way. And then all of a sudden the Lord moved. And so, you know, don't don't get discouraged. Don't let oppression or depression, the spirit of oppression attack you. Uh, those are spirits that want to get you down as a believer. We know that at the end of the day, this is a fixed fight and the Lord wins. And so that's the key is, is that in the end of the day, this is, it may be a battle that we may, may have lost, but we'd win the war. Absolutely. And and absolutely. Absolutely, brother. And I just want to echo something Daniel said. You've said it. We've all said it. Um, this is definitely a time to cling to the people you love and yeah. be with them and surround yourself with people like that um, so that uh, you're, you're in the, the best environment That's right. to make sure that uh, you can stay strong. Um, and so the message of that is that none of us are alone. We've got to rally together. Yes. We pray together. Um, we stick together no matter what, no matter what the mainstream media is telling you who yeah. you are. Imagine that. Don't let them do that to well, you at all, because we know who we are, each of right. us, um, in our identities in Christ and as uh, patriots and people that love this nation. Yeah. So as we always do, because we will never stop doing that, we're going to close the show out yes. with a prayer. Todd? Thank you, God, on this very day when we have a heavy heart, Lord, for our nation, for our future. We once again remember that we put our faith and our trust in you. You are the God that provided us life. Lord, every breath that we breathe, we praise you like you say the trees praise God, Lord God. We praise you. We thank you for everything. All the years that we've lived in freedom here in the United States, and many of us are worried we're going to lose that, but we haven't lost it yet. So, Lord God, I just pray that we continue to stand. We continue to pray. We don't lose hope. And Lord, that we put our faith and our trust and our hope in you because you are the solid rock, Christ, the solid rock I stand. And, and, and all other is sinking sand. But Lord, we stand on your promise and your promise is yes and amen. Your promise is hope in a future. And so we pray for our president. We pray for our nation. We pray that your perfect will would be done. And Lord, that you would give us a way out, Lord. If, if we stand at this Red Sea moment and you desire to part that sea for us, I pray that you do so miraculously, Lord. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Todd. We want to thank everybody for joining us. We'll be back next week. I'm Mark Anthony, your Patriot. Hey, this is Ty Coconato, the preacher. Thank you. Stay focused. Stay on the mission to get people saved, set free, healed, delivered. And we'll be back next week. God bless. God bless.